Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. We're doing it on Thursday afternoon. Joining me from Minneapolis, where he is flown in for James Harden's first game as a uh, 76er, we think, on Friday, is Tim Bontemps. Uh, he better play on Friday, given I got up very early to come here. I'll be very unhappy if he doesn't play, but he should play. Should Don't play worry, that hamstring's A-OK. A-OK, yes. that's what they say. Yes. Getting us from Dallas, where there's an ice storm when he couldn't make it to Salt Lake. Maybe he makes it there tomorrow, maybe he doesn't. Band McMahon. Howdy, partners. Banned from uh, banned from all flights out of Dallas the last two days. For what I well, the good news is the flights were canceled before I left for the airport, which is always preferable than when it happens while you're sitting there waiting. So that's true. Life could be worse. That's true. I am headed to Milwaukee tomorrow for Nets Bucks over the weekend, where Ben Simmons won't play. Should be fun. Um, but I guess Kyrie Irving will. That'll be nice. Um, okay, so guys, uh, since we last talked, had an interesting All Star weekend. Uh, Bon Temps was there. Uh, we hung out, McMahon. You were missed. Uh, I, did bon not, Temps, I did not miss you guys, just for the record. We uh, we we drew straws on Saturday night. Bon Temps got the three point contest. I got the skills competition to cover. <laughs> Who got the dunk contest? McTen and uh, McMahon. Well, that, that's, that suited his skill set. <laughs> so, um, but uh, obviously LeBron had an interesting weekend and um, it's all been discussed. What's the fallout of that? Um, and so as we get started for the second half or it's not even the second half, the, the last third, to be honest with you, already we're seeing some action here because Bill Plaschke, the, a uh, longtime columnist from the LA Times, who no matter what you think of his uh, opinions, carries weight in that community and carries weight within the Lakers. Trust me, he has affected Lakers policy in the past. He comes out on Thursday and declares that the Lakers need to trade LeBron James. And this is what I think we're headed towards, guys, regardless of what happens in this Lakers season. When Anthony Davis comes back, whether they sneak into the playoffs proper or they have to go into the play-in, and whether we get a, a Clippers-Lakers play-in game, which would be remarkable and all that kind of stuff. When the season is over, in my opinion, this is where we are. The Lakers are going to have two choices. Choice one is to go all in. Mm-hmm. Trade Westbrook. Put the picks on the table. Uh, they're 2027 and 2029, one or both. Um, have LeBron under contract for one more year. Hope that he extends. Um, but Taylor Horton Tucker, do everything you possibly can to upgrade. Or I think they have to go all out yep. and not just think about trading LeBron, as uh, Plaschke is bringing up, um, but trade Anthony Davis too and Westbrook or whatever. Or what let Westbrook play through his, his contract to expire and open up. I was going to say, in, in that case, maybe don't trade Westbrook because right, you know right. he, he's the one who doesn't have value, but trade the guys who have value. If, you, if you're trading LeBron, you're out of the contending business. Not that they're <laughs> – the standings indicate they're already out of that business, but you're out of the pretending to contend business. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, you're either all in with LeBron. Like, you understand, if you're in the LeBron business – you are all in to maximize your chances to win right now to hell with the future. Uh, if you're not in the LeBron business, you might as well blow it up. And, you know, it's, it's tough when you still owe picks for Anthony Davis, but that's that's the situation that, that, that they'd be in at that point. Bontemps, before I tell say what I think, I want to give you the floor. Um, yeah, I didn't really think that we were going to start with the idea of trading LeBron James. I didn't know Bill wrote this column. So I have been, uh, I've been trying to catch up with that for the past uh, minute. I oh, mean, sorry. no, it's okay. You early travel. You early travel. No, it's it's that, okay. So. I didn't, I just didn't see it. Um, I mean, but I, you I heard mean, LeBron all weekend long. Well, no, yes. I, I heard, yes, trust me. I've heard LeBron say a lot of things over the past few days about the state of the Lakers. Uh, look, I think that the, the, the situation the Lakers are in now is a result of uh, screwing up a lot of things over the past couple of years. 
Uh, and really, I think we can pretty safely say, going back to about 2013, this team has been a disaster from a management standpoint. And the only reason that they are in the position they are in at all is because LeBron James chose to live in Los Angeles and came to the Lakers after they had had the worst fighter stretch of their existence in LA. So I think a discussion like this, which centers around making pragmatic, smart, long-term thinking in either direction is sort of pointless because the Lakers are not going to make pragmatic, smart, long-term choices. I do not see a scenario in which Jeannie Buss decides it's a good idea to trade LeBron James. I could be wrong about that. Wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong, but I don't see the Lakers, the team of stars, the team of Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, et cetera, making you know, Will Chamberlain, Jerry West all the way through. I don't see them trading away the greatest star of the last generation and the only guy that's actively chose to come to their team in several years. That well, being Anthony said, Davis, not, I was going to say, Anthony not the Davis, only guy. Well, the he, guy. I mean, Anthony Davis, they, they were able to trade for Anthony Davis because LeBron James was there. Okay. So LeBron if, you, James, if you don't see them trading LeBron James, do you right. see them firing Rob Palenka? I think that, I think that pretty much everything else is in play. I think that, I could I could see them doing something with Palenka. Obviously, LeBron has given all sorts of comments over the past week since we talked. He obviously went in his comments about Sam Presti the other day. You know, he talked to Jason Lloyd about Kobe Altman. I mean, he's gone on and on to Less go out. Need. Of his, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's gone out. on. Yes, he's gone out of his way to say every other GM in the history of mankind has done a better job than the GM of his team. Uh, despite the fact that he, you know, was the one pushing for making the disastrous trade last year that certainly has helped put them in the situation they're in now. Uh, I think that I could see them trading Anthony Davis to try to diversify the talent around LeBron James uh, and give them a chance to potentially win. Um, So this is all a long-winded way of saying, I agree that I think they should probably decide to go one direction or another. I think the most likely outcome here is they have two first-round picks and $60 million in expiring contracts this summer, and they try to use that to get talent around AD and LeBron to try to win next year. Um, but yeah, I just, it's just hard for me to envision a scenario in which the Lakers say, yeah, you know what we're going to do? The team of the team of stars and the team of uh, pursuing championships, we're going to trade away LeBron James and trade away Anthony Davis and try to get young players and draft picks. Cause we saw them have the, you know, top three picks years in a row and just lose epic amounts of games and go nowhere until LeBron decided to show up. And it's hard for me to see it, them trading these guys away with no picks coming in the future and then having everything just you know, turn around for them. By the way, I, I love how LeBron holds up Les Snead, the Rams GM, and the, the F them picks attitude. That, that's my kind of guy. And then at All-Star Weekend, boy, goes out of his way to pump up <laughs> Sam Presti. Sam Presti's philosophy... Sure ain't F them picks. I can tell you that right now. So it's like, I mean, could you, like, I get you're trying to take as many passive aggressive swipes at Palenka as possible, but the whole Presti, and I think Sam Presti's great at his job, but like to hold up a GM who is full blown, well, you know, again, a, this a, is a tank the, commander. Come on now. Yeah, this, this is not a logic and reason situation. Yes. This is a, my team stinks and I'm going to take my hammer and bash people on the head with it to make them re- realize that I'm mad about it as much as I possibly can in an effort to try to get them to do stuff this summer without taking any accountability for of course. being the primary reason you made the trade that has put you in a situation where you're sub 500 well, going well, into the all-star break. I, I mean, he probably doesn't take the ideal amount of accountability. I think he, I mean, I, I go back to that apology tweet that he made after that horrific game they had in Denver when he apologized. I mean, Le, I said it on this pod, LeBron never apologizes, maybe for like a, a minor thing, like on the court or if he makes a mistake in one game. But that LeBron apology to Lakers fans was not just apologizing for that game. He was apologizing for the season. Um, he takes accountability 
for the Westbrook thing, but it doesn't mean that there doesn't have to be, he doesn't think there should be massive change going forward. Like, uh, I mean, I mean, because as this is what, you know, I've done all of these radio shows and all these TV shows in the wake of the all-star weekend. And they're all like, it's a, it's a grade a, what about ism? Well, LeBron, you want the roster change. What about you putting it together? Yes. And I'm, that's, but that's not how he looks at it. He's like, yeah, I put it together. And now I want to take it apart. What, what, what's the issue here? He, I, I would love to know what, what was the trade he thinks was on the table for the Lakers before the deadline that would have cleaned up this mess? Well, look, I am in agreement that the Lakers didn't need to rip their team apart at the deadline. I don't think there was a deal for them. I would, I would go so far as to say that the two things that happened to the Lakers in the last year that were very fortunate was A, Dennis Schroeder turning down that extension and B the them not doing a deal that was potentially very short term at the deadline. And then Anthony Davis having a bad foot injury that mm-hmm. has put the rest of his regular season in doubt that, you know, if, you know, those two things were, were, were close misses that doesn't. Um, and by the way, to Bontemps point about the Lakers management, let's remember, indeed, they were in the wilderness for six years yeah. and it was Kobe related. They paid him a lot of money and he was injured and he was driving people away and everything. It wasn't just the management. You know, we all remember Kobe, you know, well, it was management's decision to give him an exorbitant extension uh, when he tore his Achilles and I, I it was management's extension yeah. to, know. you know, have a meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge that was so bad and for agency, he gave them a second meeting to see how well, one of the reasons one why it was go. so bad is because of the way Kobe approached it. Well, I uh, understand you know. that, but, the, but the, you okay. Know. But it's so, one in the same, but just remember the, the concept. If you believe that the Lakers should rebuild, just remember that this is their front office and yes, LeBron gets input, but this is the front office that said Dennis Schroeder, we'd like to offer you 80 million or 90 million or whatever it was. Alex Caruso. We'd like to say goodbye to you over a $2 million difference. So remember There's that all, that's the, the evaluation that's right. they, uh, they, group. There's also something else that needs to be said with them, too. The Lakers basically spent the first 55 years or so, over 50 years, they were in Los Angeles, basically getting literally everything they want, right? There was a cavalcade of stars that rolled through the L.A. that basically demanded their way to L.A., um, you know, Will well, Chamberlain. not all of them demanded their way. They drafted. They had some good. I mean, I yes, mean, listen, but Kareem. They, they drafted. They they they. They got they made a, a great trade to get magic. Yes. But like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar forced his way there. Yes. Kobe. But I'm saying like some sometimes it was sometimes it was great management. Right. Jerry West figured out the salary cap ahead. Everybody made the Kobe Bryant trade train Vlade in the to get the Kobe pick. Right. Um, they made the great trade to get magic Johnson. They also but like they had it. My point is they had a charmed existence for 50 That's years true. where every That's single true. thing that happened to them went the way they thought it was going to go. It's part of the reason why there's such ridiculous Lakers exceptionalism all over the place around that team, because for half a century, it was just the Lakers are things work out for the Lakers. The Pau Gasol trade happens, you know, Shaq comes, they get Kobe, all these things. They just have LeBron comes and AD forces trade and they win a championship. That's right. And even after the worst five years they've ever had, LeBron decides, you know, LeBron wants to live in LA and then AD, wants to play there after they again missed the playoffs with LeBron James on their team, which one person said would happen, and it happened. Um, and ultimately, Sunshine's ultimately, on a dog's ass every once in well, a while. Uh, more often than that for me. But ultimately, when you look at this team, it's why I can't see them doing something like training LeBron James because it, it's totally against what the Lakers are about. They have well, the stars on their team. It would, To me, it would, it would totally run counter that to, hey, we're going to trade okay, these guys so away. And I agree. So I agree with you. I agree that while I can get a whiteboard out and I can get talk about basketball vacuums and say, yes, if you have a 37 year old star who's unhappy that trading away picks six or eight years from now is a bad idea. And that if Anthony Davis is going to be injured, repeatedly injured, that maybe you should cash in and restart. I can I can construct in the basketball lab, why you would do that. But I don't think that's real life. And so, but I think Plaschke is opening a can of worms here that is going to be the two paths the Lakers are going to go down. We're going to have this season and see how it goes, but there's going to be these two paths sitting there waiting for them in June and July. Trade, go all in. Because they don't have, they don't really have a middle path. So, 
you so you may say, well, what trade can you do for Russell Westbrook? You know, other than John Wall, what trade can you do? Well, well they could do a trade said, like the one they made for us. They made in acquiring Russell Westbrook, where they could get four or five decent players on longer term they, deals. I don't know if they're decent. Get, I don't know about decent, but like let's just say, for example, they called the Knicks and they said. Well, you know, you need to clean your books because yeah. your team is. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You turn Russell Westbrook's expiring contract into a few players who are decent right. players, but like any players, like just any yes. rotation players, they don't have to be exceptional. Like, well, I know they didn't trade he, exceptional players to get Russell Westbrook in the first place. That's my right. point. They traded a bunch right. of solid players for a guy that was a horrible fit. I don't even that's why think, we didn't like the trade. I don't right, but, but I think what Wendy's saying is you're going to have to take buyer's remorse contracts back if you're trading yeah. him for rotation just players. Because oh, sure. Have, yeah. yeah. That's, just to you get have to take any, on future money. Yeah. Just to get any guys that you could put on the court, like Evan yep. Fournier, Alec Burks, Kemba Walker, something like that. Like just yep. call and offer to clean someone's books for them. For Bobby them. Marks was saying that they should have done that at this trade deadline. I think they would have been smart too if the Lakers could have made that trade. I think the Knicks had some interest. Well, I think, you know, clearly mm-hmm. with Kemba Walker mm-hmm. now shutting himself down for the rest of the season. Um, as a quick aside, um, we hammer teams for not spending money. Sometimes we hammer the Lakers for it. The Charlotte Hornets three years ago said, we don't feel like we can pay yeah. Kemba Walker a max contract. Well, the Charlotte Hornets that- deserve to get hammered for not trading Kemba Walker, not for well, not did. signing Kemba. They Walker. traded him for, for Terry Rozier. At the end, yes, they did, but they could have gotten a lot more for him if they traded him a year earlier. Yeah, but you know, I mean, why Rozier's been a nice piece for them, but they didn't trade him a year earlier because he was an all star who was going to play for them and start an all star game in wow. Charlotte. Yes, and their and, anyway, their and their owner Michael Jordan likes to try to win thirty eight games. So. I agree that Jordan has not proven that he is adept. However, in this regard, however. But you are correct in that motivation. No question. You know, we, we hammer, I hammered him on the knuckles for, you know, being cheap, but you know, it was a good decision. They had the information about where they were concerned about Kemba's health. And I'll tell you one thing, the Celtics and the, the thunder both are smelling like roses right now, because even though the thunder have him on their books for 10 million bucks, they got out of that deal. And well, I mean, the Thunder, for a lot Thunder, more than 10 million. I mean, I mean wait, a second. I mean, the Thunder Thunder traded for got a first round pick and bought him out. I, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't but they say saved, that, they saved 20 million dollars in doing and in, in moving and maneuvering. That sure. Way. I sure. I sure. mean, you got to trace that one all the way back to when they got a first round pick for taking yeah, four. They're, they're all they're still they're still 30 million dollars below the floor. I, I know. Would, I'm, I, I'm not looking to have an expansive discussion about sure. it. Le, LeBron, LeBron just likes text, talking about Sam Preston. Le, LeBron, <laughs> just, LeBron just texted me and said, don't forget about that. That Kemba. No. Um, so, I, so, obviously the Celtics getting Al Horford worked out well for the Celtics to, to yeah. move on from Kemba when he did for sure. So, but that type of trade for Westbrook, any three bodies and two, three bodies that you can actually play next to LeBron. And then seeing what you can attach like a first round pick to Horton Tucker um, to see what else you can do. Um, and then, you know, try to use your mid-level, um, you know, Kendrick Nunn is probably going to opt into his contract. So maybe you could trade him with a couple of second round picks for something. And then you got to, you got to hit on your mid-level. You got to spend mean, the money. Well, the even, bottom line is they, they have $60 million and two first round picks this summer. And it's $60 million in expirings between yeah. non-assuming the option, Horton Tucker, and um, uh, in Westbrook, they have, they have about $60 million in contracts they can move. They have two first round picks they can move. What can they do with that? That's the question. And, and, but here's another reason why, and, and McMahon referenced this a minute ago, but I don't think it's something that you can move past. Let's say that they talk themselves into it. Let's say that there was somebody willing to give them a, a great prospect and two firsts for Anthony Davis. Let's say you could get mm-hmm. two firsts for LeBron or something along that. And you could restock your, they're not in position to tank guys. Well, that's what I was going to they say. Do, they still they don't owe have, New Orleans. They don't have this year's first round pick at all. They don't even have this year's second round pick. Right. Next year, if they d- decided to go this path, which Plashke is saying, just rebuild. And I, I have a lot of respect for Bill, but, and I, and I mean, it's not just about Bill, anybody who takes this position going forward, because my guess is we're going to see more of this in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Anybody who mentions this is going to have to realize 
They don't have control of their pick next year. It's swapped out. New Orleans has a swap. Right. David Griffin is all for the Lakers going into, into tank mode. Right. So if they tank next year, and, and like, by the way, New Orleans isn't going to have, I mean, I don't think they're going to be a good team next year, but they're not going to be a top five team unless they get lucky in the lottery. They just traded right. for CJ McCollum. They're going to try to make the playoffs. So the Lakers can't take advantage of that next year. And then guess what? The, the New Orleans has control of their pick in in 24 uh, or 25. They can. Yeah, but making no protection. Yeah. Right. I mean, the other, the other... It, it's not the time to tank. The other the other thing that should be mentioned here that I think is worth saying is after next season, the Lakers currently have two players under con- they have two players under contract. Actually, I shouldn't say that they have one player under contract, Anthony Davis that's in right. 2023. And that's it. So I do think there is another path here that we haven't discussed at all, which is fair to say, which is next summer when a bunch of interesting players are going to be free agents, unlike this summer when none are the Lakers, even if they keep LeBron have a lot of cap space to work with. And as we know, LA is a place people want to play and the Lakers are a destination people want to come play for. So I think before we just say that the Lakers are doomed forever and they have to do all this stuff, there is the option to get to 2023, have Anthony Davis, who I think will still be 29. I think well, that's the that's the path of don't break it up. That's well, right. I'm just saying like they uh, they You're have saying the, keep LeBron, but don't go all in. Well, I think you I'm can, saying good luck handling that on. A, well, like, I think on a circus can, basis, I think you can I think you can make the team better without completely destroying your cap space that summer. And I think well, better is not I don't, good enough. I don't think Be- that's better, what LeBron's yeah. that's not what LeBron's looking for. LeBron ain't trying to compete for a six seed. He's not trying to compete to stay out of the play-in tournament. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch assist and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Well, if you can get a third star, in the summer of 2023 to play with LeBron and AD. That's probably LeBron's best chance at having a chance to win a championship in LA. I don't think LeBron's thinking about summer of 2023. Listen, I understand that, but you know what? LeBron James didn't get a player option in this deal. And I know he it's because he couldn't get it when he signed it, but ultimately this is a situation where LeBron doesn't have the same kind of leverage that he typically does. He's LeBron James. You're no, not well, going to win a hardball. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Now, again, this requires a level of competency the Lakers have not really proven to have. So this that that goes without saying at the beginning. However, LeBron chose to go to L.A. for non-basketball reasons, right? He then signs this contract, and as Brian has noted several times, he signs without a player option for the first time basically ever, because he wanted to be locked into being in L.A. So because of that, the Lakers have, if they're willing to use it, some ability to say to him, listen, man, here's what we're trying to do and lay out the plan. Now, I don't know if it will work, but the Lakers with two max players and cap space to get a third, it should be a pretty damn good recruiting team in free agency. So if I'm if I'm them, I'm saying to LeBron, Let's try to make this team as good as we possibly can next year while still giving ourselves the chance to get in the hunt for guys the following summer. That's that's to me what I'd be trying to do. And that requires a level of finesse that, again, I'm not sure they can pull off, but I, I think that's what they need to be trying to do. I think it would be very difficult to pull that off without a changing of the guard in the front office. LeBron is clearly, you know, he, he he's made pretty clear that uh, 
he's not a Palinka. Yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not saying, and maybe it does, right. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not sitting here saying the Lakers have done anything where they deserve to keep everything the same. I don't think they have, but so, so so something interesting, there was a story. It was actually a story in the athletic about LeBron. The, The athletic was ranking their top 75 of all time. And it was a story on LeBron. It came out um, just before last, the All-Star break. Well, yeah, last week. Bill Oram wrote the story. And there were quotes in there from Jeannie Buss. And, I'm sorry, it was a story about Magic Johnson. It was a story about, I think, Magic ranked number five on their list. And there was the quotes in there, new quotes from Jeannie Buss. Um, and she referenced December. So these weren't quotes, because sometimes when you have these big series, the interviews are six, nine, ten months old. I've I've used I've used quotes that are a year old. If you're looking at a big series that you start working on, she, she was referring to December. So these quotes took some time after December. She talked about how she's still leaning on magic Johnson for advice. And she even said that magic magic's advice, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it right in front of me. So please give me some, a little bit of wiggle, but I'm fairly certain what she said. Magic advised her was to stay the course uh, early in the season when they were struggling, which is what the Lakers did. They didn't fire Frank Vogel. They didn't, you know, make any trades. Um, you know, it, it, based on what she said, it looks like she listened to Magic's opinion and took it. And so my guess is that she is going to seek Magic's opinion when it comes to this. And what Magic might offer will, I think, be interesting. I also think it's interesting to point out that I'm not so sure that LeBron and Magic are on the greatest of terms right now. LeBron was very upset that Magic pulled the ripcord after the first year and didn't even tell him, just did it. There was a scar tissue there. And earlier this year, when the Magic, when Magic um, criticized the Lakers, and rightly so, it wasn't hard to criticize the Lakers, um, and LeBron was asked about it, LeBron declined um, to... Uh, um, you know, declined to, to talk about it and just, just like, I don't want to talk about it. He said, nah, I'm not responding to that. So I'm not even sure like that this palace intrigue is just about Palinka versus LeBron. And, you know, the other thing is about Jeannie bus is like, Jeannie has got to, to try to decide how to protect the franchise, both in as her job to, to say whether they're going to trade picks that far into the future Versus do the best possible thing to try to put them in position to, to win, which is always what you have to do as a late as the Lakers. Lakers don't have the, the, uh, the, the, the ability to announce to their fans. We're beginning a three-year rebuild, even though that's what they pretty much were doing after Kobe left. So this is a much more complicated chess game than just one path or the other. Um, but I would, I'm telling you my phone this week, as people have been talking to me about what the Lakers should do, people in the league who have a lot of experience say they should trade them, trade them both. Um, and because, again, it makes some sense. I just don't think they can do that. And uh, I think this is going to be a, a serious conversation that probably could hang over Lakers games. I mean, let me let me just ask, let me just let me just ask a question. Why in what world does it make sense to trade two of the 15 best players in the NBA when you have them on your team? It sounds like a lot of people saying they hope when one of the two or three best players in in the, in the world is saying, Hey, (laughs) if you're not going all in, get me the hell out of here in that world. I mean, look again, if LeBron wants to make it a complete circus, he is certainly more than capable of that. He certainly he certainly is. There's no there's no question about that. It's like if I want to screw up this podcast, I can do it. <laughs> By the way, I don't think LeBron wants to leave the Lakers, just to be clear. I know he he gave the the, the answer to Jason Lloyd from the Athletic about not closing the door on Cleveland, but I I don't and that was perceived as like he wants out. I mean, that if they don't do anything this summer and he doesn't extend in August, now we may have a different discussion. But today my feeling from the conversations I had, he doesn't want out. He just wants the Lakers to have their foot on the gas. He wants it on. He wants to stay on his terms and his terms are all in. I don't care about what's happening when I'm retired. That's y'all's problem. 
do everything you can to maximize my chances to win another championship now. Right. And, you know, and his leverage is the threat of him deciding that he wants to. Yeah. Leave. I, yeah, I agree with that. I was saying something different. The idea that people around the league are saying it's it, the, what the Lakers should do is trade both of them to me is lunacy and people hoping that they trade these guys. Maybe. I have, certain, I have certainly Maybe. been very critical of a lot of the moves the Lakers have made and they've done a lot of dumb things. Probably should say it in harsher terms than that, but we're on a, Disney owned podcast. You, by the way, but you have said it in harsh returns on well, this I, podcast. Well, that's true. I have. Uh, but ultimately, I, I don't think that trading one of those guys, I'm not even sure trading one of those guys makes well, if you sense. Trade, if you trade one, why keep the other? Well, I think because if you're trading one, it's LeBron. So, it's, it's, so yeah. where we, it's where we started 20 minutes ago. All in or all out. Well, well I mean, you that's could, where we're if you trade LeBron, I would think, I guess the argument would be that you have a guy in his late 20s that's going to be in LA for a long time it's a star that you build around him with whoever you get back for LeBron but to me everybody in the league even when this team has been bad this year I keep having people say to me oh well you know the Lakers you know the Lakers get it right you don't want to play the Lakers like the Lakers might figure it out because he's LeBron James I yes that's my point so trading both of them to me doesn't make any sense at all like that's to me that's a crazy conversation I'm 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 not trading them and And if they turn Russell Westbrook it is massive expiring. Con- if they basically do in reverse what they did last summer and get a few, like, like you said, Brian, they get a few decent players for Westbrook's expiring contract and toss in some sort of incentive to do that. They could probably do that without nuking their cap space and then have a chance to win because if they just put three or four decent players around those guys, they're back to the team. They were a couple yeah. years ago, which was the one seed. We're going to move on after this. My position is I'm riding with LeBron till the wheels fall off. If I make the mistake of hanging on too long, I'm way more willing to make that mistake than go back into the wilderness because that's where they'd be going. Uh, and that's my position. Um, okay, so you are in Minneapolis for this Harden game. Um, the, the Timberwolves are feeling as chesty as they've ever felt. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, as I got to meet Anthony Edwards for the first time this last week, um, people were saying, Oh, Anthony Edwards predicted that Carl Towns would win this three point contest. I'm like, well, well what are who you going to predict? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, cause he said on, you know, in, in our, my interview was on the pod that, you know, Oh yeah, he's winning. I'm like, no, come on. But anyway, um, most validating three point contest in NBA history. Yeah. Before we go on though, I suppose we should do our trivia questions is bond temps. Oh yeah, have the trivia question sponsored by CarMax. I do. The, I texted Brian. I texted Brian because I didn't want to uh, blow him up and say yeah, I, publicly, I, no. "Hey, are we doing well, it?" In case, off, it's, in case, in case CarMax said, "Hey, listen, this th- has been so bad. You've completely messed it up so much. We got to punt it." First off, I did forget, and from going forward, you should never text me. You should just do it. Okay. How dare well, now, you? How well, dare you? now I now I know. Now I know CarMax hasn't bailed yet somehow. They probably have, but the, <laughs> I mean, the contract, they're probably stuck till the end of the month. So go ahead. All right. So uh, since we've been talking about Cleveland, some uh, got an all-star game related question. There are two players uh, who have won the all-star game MVP the most times. Uh, how many times did they win it? And who are the players? Kobe is one. Kobe is one. That he is correct. Four, correct. That is correct. Uh, and job. Kareem is the other. That is incorrect. I figured he he played about. I'm not sure Kareem has ever won it. I'm actually going to check. Well, he's that. not going to win it going forward. Kareem has Kareem never won the All Star Game MVP, which is, is an interesting wow. uh, interesting little tidbit. Really? Hmm. It's okay. got to be a guy who's played. He just played in a ton of them. Uh, I'm going to go with Magic then. Uh, that is incorrect. He won two. Not LeBron. So th- this is another guy who won four. I think LeBron. LeBron. Three. LeBron won three. Four this players guy- have won three, and two players have won two. Kobe is one of the ones that won. Or two okay. two players have won four. Kobe's one of the ones that's won four. LeBron yeah. is one of the ones that's won three. Um, Doctor J. He has won two. All right. Well, Will. That's the right time frame. Uh, he is not the answer. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner 
can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start with thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can. Even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Wilt also, I believe, uh, Wilt also somehow didn't win more than one. I'm not even sure he won one either. He won one. Hmm. What? That's also an upset. How, how many did AI win? I know he didn't win two. Four. <laughs> I don't think he's in that time frame. He won yeah. two. Yes, we're talking in the we're talking oh. the early days. George Mikem. Uh no, not George Mikem. But don't also tell me Bob Cousy. It's not Bob Cousy. He won two. All right. Go ahead. The answer is Bob Pettit. Oh, you know what? That's okay. who I had is we did these the five on five, and they asked like who's most overrated on our list. <laughs> Bob Pettit and his 43% shooting butt. Bob Pettit would get <laughs> smoked in today's NBA. Bob Pettit was at All-Star Weekend. You wouldn't say it to his face. He also I, he he looks incredible for uh he does just the age he's in. So I remember the I've told this before about how much I love Paul Silas, who pretty much indoctrinated me to the NBA when he was coach of the Cavs and I was covering him. When Paul Silas he came to the NBA in 1960. He was on Bob Pettit's team, the St. Louis Hawks, and he said that his first day with the team, he saw Bob Pettit, who was wearing a ankle-length mink coat and was making $50,000 a year. And Paul said that's all I ever wanted was to make 50000 and have a coat like that, like Bob Pettit. By the way, Bob Pettit's the only guy who ever beat Bill Russell in the NBA Finals. He was a pretty damn good player. Yeah, great. Put we all could have used that NBA mink coat. Eighth man. We all could have used that mink coat in Cleveland, which, by the way, McMahon, I forgot my freaking coat. Uh, can you believe that? I forgot my freaking coat. And uh, I mean, I thought, I, I thought you were like a true Ohio guy. You just walk around just shirtless in that way. Total, total brain fart. Bontemps is like walking all over the city, like risking wiping out and breaking arms and wrists. I mean, the guy is already I'm an adult broken. human. I can I can walk around. One of us is one of us Dude, is falling. You, you wiped out at the, you wiped out at the White House when it was Thank nice yeah, weather. I made I made Dork. I made the mistake of uh, listening to my wife and wearing fancy shoes. Never, right, you're never gonna get again. Yourself, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Uh, I already told right her there. that. I already told All her right. that. Um, so anyway, well, you, you're there for Harden. Um, so I think that the so the Sixers got a really nice quality win. Snuck it in right before the All Star break after getting blown out from Boston by 47 or whatever, they go up to Milwaukee, all of Milwaukee stars played. Joel drops 42 on them. Um, they get a really nice win. Now they get yep. to open up with Harden. To me, Philly is the most intriguing team going down the stretch here. Obviously we'll see when Simmons comes back, but um, watching Embiid and Harden go together. I am is I am locked into this. I will be watching uh, on Friday night. Uh, what are we expecting, Bond Temps? What do you think you're going to be seeing? I mean, uh, that's really the question, right? What are we going to see? I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, what the two of them look like together. You know, I've got a story that should be running on Friday about, you know, kind of what people around the league expect are going to be the biggest challenges they have to navigate. And the number one one, not surprisingly, that people brought up was how are those two guys going to coexist? I mean, McMahon has followed Harden's career very closely. We know that in Houston where he had all of his success. A, he was used to having the ball in his hands all the time. Now it's not going to quite be the case. So he's going to have it in his hands plenty. And he's playing with a big fella in the big fella who doesn't exactly like to be screen set and rolling to the rim guy. He likes to, you know, pop out to the three point line, catch the ball, do his thing. You know, that it's not the same kind of traditional big that he's played with. And then you've got, he likes to, uh, he likes to have the ball and operate with it. From the, and, from he, the high and, post. and and he likes to compete for MVP votes and well, that is title. correct. And you and you've got the big fella who has been loving life this year 
as the center of attention with the Sixers. He's been awesome. Obviously, he's in pole position right now to win MVP. I saw him over the weekend. I asked him if he saw the straw poll. He said he did and that his lead wasn't big enough, so he's got more work to do. Um, so He was one of the first guys to click on that poll. He was he, getting up listen, at 6 in the morning. As, Surprised as he, he didn't retweet it. Listen, as he said to me, he sees everything, which he does. So he he knows what's going on. And he and like you said, big man, he, he wanted to win it last year. Obviously didn't. He wants to win it this year. He was caping for people to talk about his defense more over the weekend. Like he... He wants the accolades and the attention and he wants to win. And so that push and pull there with those two guys and how they fit together and how this goes is going to be very fascinating to watch and see how it goes, especially because that only is Joel trying to win MVP. As we've talked about on the pod before, they have a really tough schedule in March. I was going through my schedule last night figuring out where I'm going to be. And they play. <laughs> You're going to have to be at all those games. Well, I'm going to be at a lot of games. They play Miami. They play Chicago. They obviously play Brooklyn. They play Milwaukee. They play Phoenix. They, they, they play, play the Lakers Cle- by the time play, AD might be back. They play, they play Cleveland, Cleveland a couple times. They play Dallas, yeah. Toronto. Like they play a lot. They play Denver next month. They play a lot of really good teams. So it's like this weekend, they get the, the Wolves, who have obviously been okay this year. And then they get the Knicks and back-to-back games. We've been a train wreck. On, so that's you, kind you of can't, a, you can't say the Lakers are part of the tough schedule and the Wolves have been okay. The Wolves <laughs> are above the Lakers AD. in the standings. No, I said I said by then AD might be back. I, I'm the Lakers I'd obviously. Be, I bet against it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's that's take fair the to over, say. Right? Obviously, obviously yeah. fair to take the it's, over. It, However, it, 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 but you know this is going to make her you know like uh, trial by fire. Come on, Harden, let's see it. Yeah. Remember, as crappy as he was his last days as a net. He was really good last year before he hurt his hamstring and he wasn't great this year, but in November and December, the Nets played really good. And he's still averaging 22 and 10. Yeah. He's still really good. And he probably is holding being held back a little bit. And you, I'll, the last thing I'll say is what you just said about the hamstring injury. A couple people said that specific thing to me. Can he get back to the guy he was before the Mm -hmm. hamstring injury? The answer is yes. They're a real live dog in the fight to win the East. If he can't, they, I don't think they can. And that, to me, for everything else that we're talking about with Philly and how these guys are going to fit and everything else, that's what it comes down to. Can Harden get back to being the guy that had a legitimate shot to be at least in the MVP conversation after all the disaster that went on in Houston because he was so good for those two months in Brooklyn before he got hurt? If that happens, then they're going to be really, really interesting. And if not, they won't be. But – Look, the, the hamstrings are a factor that ties into his conditioning, his get me the hell out of Brooklyn, uh, you know, party yeah. doesn't exactly lend itself to a guy being in peak physical shape coming out of the all-star break. Yeah. Uh, I, I would not say that James Harden has made taking care of his body uh, a priority I hope uh, he throughout the course working, of his career, but especially since, recently. Since he had the previous two weeks pretty much off, I assume that during the all-star break, he was in full conditioning mode right we we have to assume that right mcmahon i i would guess that he he got some shots up um <laughs> in some way shape or form for sure definitely got some on, shots up i heard he was on down. an island i heard he was on an island that's all i'm gonna say so. <laughs> yeah lots of shots for sure um well i'll tell you what though uh you know for for mb to have to face another all-star big man coming right out of the break it is good timing i think you know, I don't know how long Carl Anthony Towns three point contest celebration lasted, but he might <laughs> not exactly have his legs underneath him. Uh, all I heard is that first off, I will give Harden credit that he came to the the, to the 75, uh, the uh, the top 75 to mm-hmm. be honored, unlike some of his other uh, guy, active other, brethren. Yeah. I did hear that the NBA sent a plane for him and I heard they had to send it to an Island. That's all I'll say, but <laughs> I give him credit. There. He did. He did get there. So it will be, it definitely will be interesting to, um, to keep an eye on. I think we're going to be talking about that a lot in the uh, upcoming, um, in the upcoming weeks, but you did mention Carl Towns. Now I have to say, I think it'll be a long time before Bon Temps and I will forget that press conference that Carl Towns <laughs> had after he won the three-point contest on Saturday night. Um, because, I mean, you were, you were t- we were both there, but you were technically covering it, Bon Temps. I mean, yeah. you were writing about it. I know he's had a, he had a hard couple of years. He was, 
I think I think saying euphoric is underselling it. Under, uh, yeah, that's at minimum what he was. I've never seen somebody in all seriousness like I I've never seen anybody as happy to win one of those events as Towns was to win that event. He was he was joyous about it and talked for a long time about how much it meant to him and the kind you know it you know solidified his case as the best big shooting big ever, which we'll get to in a second. I know McMahon has thoughts and why. Um, <laughs> But it, it was striking to see just how much it meant to him. And, you know, it, it is a situation where I think, you know, without mocking anybody, if you look at Carl's career, he has not had a lot of moments where you could point to as big successes. And I think as you start to look ahead, as he's a guy who's coming up on free agency in a couple of years, he looked like a guy who was desperate for some success. And I think it will be very interesting to see you know, I'm obviously a big fan of the Ant-Man. The Wolves are playing better than they have in a long time this year, other than the year they had Jimmy. And it'll be interesting to see what that looks like going forward because it just it was really striking just how happy he was to be there celebrating winning something. So yesterday morning, uh, the um, Timberwolves tweeted out. I don't, I don't like to talk about Twitter too much, but I can't help it here. The, tw- the Timberwolves tweeted out, uh, photo of of Carl. I don't know if he was holding the trophy. It was like it was him in he his was holding the he was holding the diamond uh, covered seventy five right. ball, I believe. Right. So, but celebrating him, and it declared the greatest shooting big man ever. Now, to be clear, this was not Carl saying this. Although, no, he said it I, earlier Carl, this year. You know, Carl, yeah, Carl, Carl also okay. said it. Carl also said it on Saturday. Well, he, he is, well and, Carl, and, and, and Carl again, might, he said it earlier this year. Okay. Uh, to John Carl might have said. Athletic. Carl might have said a lot of things on Saturday. I I, his, I spoke to his dad briefly after the game. His dad was obviously thrilled too. I go, I go. If anybody needs anything from Cat, now is the time to ask. You want a car? <laughs> yeah, right. You want a loan? <laughs> you want a house? Now is the time to ask. So McMahon sees this tweet, and McMahon tweets the following, which now has almost fifty thousand likes. Fifty. Thousand and, and, a, and a lot of dislike from the Minnesota community. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know, they talk about getting ratioed, you know, where you have more uh, replies than you do likes. Uh, <laughs> how about 400, 400 replies, 50,000 <laughs> likes? Uh, go ahead, McMahon. I don't want to, uh, I don't uh, I want it in your, I want it in your voice. Yeah, we need Dirk to have, Nowitzki. we need to just wind them up and let him go now for a while. Dirk Nowitzki also won a three point contest as well as an MVP. Finals MVP, and a few other accolades. He might still have a claim here. 50,000 likes. <laughs> so got, here's I, my thing. Have, I was so, going to say, you have listen, more to say than that. I'm glad you paused. <laughs> well, and, and here's my thing. Like, we're going to, and oh, the three-point shooting percentages. Shut up. Just shut up and watch basketball, you bunch of freaking nerds up there in Minnesota. Like, And here, I, I got breaking news for the Minnesota basketball community. There's something called the playoffs. Like basketball is played after the regular season ends. There's this whole thing called the playoffs. I mean, they've been in it once in a generation. You can not, you you can't blame them for not knowing what they are. And like, there's also like three point percent. Shut up. Like mid range. Dirk's one of the best mid range shooters of all time. Like the one legged fades that, that matters when we're talking about the best shooting, the greatest shooting big man of all time. But here's like, I think Adam Silver and the media were going to have a lot of discussions for various reasons, other reasons here. As part of those discussions, I have a suggestion to the commissioner, and I am going to suggest a ban, which I think I'm qualified to do. <laughs> there is a, I'm suggesting a ban on declaring yourself the greatest of anything before you have 100 career playoff points. You have to have at least triple figure career. <laughs> why, playoff why that numbers. number? Why that? I mean, because Carl has ninety nine. No, seventy six. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I knew he didn't have a hundred. And, and listen, and, 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 and I've listen. I I I personally witnessed all seventy six of those you points, you including all three three pointers he hit in a gentleman's sweep against the Houston Rockets. So you can't be the greatest of anything before you get a lead. I mean, I mean, this is just bare minimum. Like eleven years ago, and, and we and saw people, Dirk Nowitzki have one of the greatest playoff yeah. runs anyone's ever had. He shot, Carl he needs shot to. Carl needs to do something during that playoff run. That's by right. The way. Carl. And Carl needs to do some work before he's better than Dirk. Yeah, I'll d- just leave d- it at that. D- Timberwolves fans who uh, who 
are unaware that basketball is played after mid-April. Um, <laughs> well, what is no, a, they what played is a well into, they, they played well into May last year, I believe. There, there you go. What, what does a finals MVP have to do with being the greatest shooting big man of all time? Well, you bunch of doofuses. You don't think that Dirk's jump shot had anything to do with him earning that finals MVP? And the other thing that was hilarious is some people were like, well, Dirk said it himself. Yeah, Dirk did belt out that uh, when when Dirk did his little one-game stint as a color commentator of the Mavs broadcast, it happened to be against the Timberwolves this year, right after and Cat uh, had his – self-proclaimed uh, greatest shooting big man of all time article with, uh, with our guy, John Kay. Um, <laughs> Towns hit a three, Dirk said, that's the best shooting big man of all time. Well, I don't know if sarcasm travels that far north, but I'm here <laughs> to tell you there's a little bit of sarcasm dripping from that comment. Well, the Germans are known for sarcasm. I will give them that. Um, all right, like well, I said, the most interesting thing about that to me is let's see what happens over the next few years with Towns because he is in he is all kidding aside, obviously an unbelievably talented offensive player who hasn't won a lot. And let's yeah. see let's see what happens hey, here. Listen, the Wolves are playing really well. Chris Finch is a year into the job, but he's done a massive difference, and they have the ability to make a trade. I don't know if they're going to make one that. Will work out, but they have pieces and parts to do it. They're so another team that's going to have a ton of expiring contracts this summer. We're around those two guys to potentially go out and make some moves. So hey, Russell Westbrook. Some, some people Russell like Westbrook, some the people Lakers like the oceans. It. They've got a whole bunch of lakes up there, baby. Like if you like, you know, you can just go hang out at the lake, do some ice fishing. I think I think that's where Bontemps is headed right now. Uh, all right, yeah, stay warm up there, Bontemps. Um, thank you, listen to Hoop Collective Podcast. We will talk to you next week. McMahon. Amigos, amigos, sorry. Lo siento. <laughs>